What does it take to cure diseases, not just manage their symptoms? This is Inside the Cure from Allure Medical and its founder, Dr. Charles Moak. He explores world-renowned health care that benefits patients and the economy. Hello, and thanks for joining us. I'm Cam Carmen, and I'm here with Dr. Charles Moak, who is the founder of Allure Medical. And today we're continuing our discussion about stem cells. And last time we talked about what stem cells are and how they help the body regenerate. Well, today we're discussing how people with certain conditions can benefit from using stem cells. So let's start out with multiple sclerosis, doctor, and and tell us how people can be helped with that. Yeah, that, that's a great topic of discussion. I'm very passionate about this. I wrote a book on how we do this. But multiple sclerosis is an autoimmune condition. Mm-hmm. And what autoimmune means is that your body has an immune response to itself mm-hmm. and it's just damaging tissues. Examples might be lupus, of course, multiple sclerosis, ankylosing spondylitis, psoriasis. There's no, even thyroid diseases, Hashimoto's thyroiditis is where your antibodies are attacking your thyroid. And we never knew why this happened but recent discoveries have found that it's a it's mediated to some degree by bacteria in our gut. Mm-hmm. And right now, if, if you were to look at research in what's called the microbiome, which is the bacteria live in us, it's one of the hottest topic of research because we think that in the next decade we'll discover cures for many diseases by getting a better understanding of the relationship of our gut to our body and disease, and not just autoimmune, but other conditions such as cancer. Right. And that's a real hot topic. And I was seeing a lot of MS patients because they had heard about it when they're doing forums and going online about stem cells. And then maybe do a deep dive in how we can get patients to get better response. When we just, like as a rule of thumb, when we treat people with fat-derived or bone marrow-derived stem cells that have MS, it seems to put them in a better state for about nine months. Okay, so typically we're treating people that have what's called progressive MS where it's getting worse every year. Instead of getting worse, they actually get better for about nine months. And then it comes back, we got to treat them again. And there was an assumption that, well, probably the stem cells are repairing some of the damage from MS, but it looks like it's actually doing what's called an immunomodulatory effect. So it's actually modulating or altering, altering that immune response. So it's something we don't really know exactly yet. There's a lot of evidence as to why, but there's not definitive answers. So then we undertook a method of how do we get people better for a longer period of time that have autoimmune disease. So a few things turned up in the past decade. One thing is if you have a person that has MS, and you take their poop, their stool, mm-hmm. and we give it to a mouse. The mouse gets MS. Oh. Very interesting. Whoa. Another thing we find is people with MS have what is commonly called leaky gut. Okay, leaky gut means that there's some gaps in the mucus or kind of like the snotty layer of your bowels. And your bowels got to be able to absorb nutrients and it's got to be able to protect itself from bacteria getting into our body because our gut is loaded with bacteria. It's like 100 trillion bacteria in our gut. And we want to keep those out of our bodies. So we have this layer of a slime and then some cells. And these cells are very able, these cells and tissues are very able to absorb nutrients that you eat. Mm-hmm. But we want to be able to do that, but not the bacteria get through. So we make this kind of a slime and we've got some tissues that die and turn over. And people that have MS have patches where they don't have much protection and bacteria can get through and cause inflammation. We also see that people with MS have a weak blood-brain barrier. So there's a barrier between your blood and your brain to keep bacteria and viruses out, but they still get in occasionally. And there's a severe form called meningitis where you actually get sick, but usually it's this passive bacteria come and go that don't really cause us harm. But what they found in 2016 in, I think it was University of Alberta, was that they took plaques, these are the plates of disease in people with MS, and they looked at them with uh, what we call amplified DNA testing. And they found the DNA of bacteria in these plaques. 
And it looks like that, that MS might actually be what's called a biofilm, where your body's immune system, these things called macrophages, are eating a bacteria and it's sitting there and causing inflammation and causing eventually damage to your, to your brain, in some cases permanent. So that's one of the things. How do we restore the blood-brain barrier and the blood-gut barrier? Another thing that we've seen that's interesting is that MS usually affects people starting at a young age in their 20s. Right. And women, when they get MS, they go into remission during pregnancy. They get better. And uh, it turns out that if we can just simulate pregnancy with a, with a hormone called estriol, it's one of your weaker estrogens, mm-hmm. women get better. And estriol is seen to be protective against MS. And also interestingly is that men who get MS in their 20s usually have a low testosterone, oh. which is very unusual for a okay. young man. Right. And we put the men on testosterone or women on testosterone estriol, they both get better. So we're not sure even why that is. We know that if we help heal their gut, which we actually just use something called galacto-oligosaccharide. It's a type of fiber that you eat. And when you put it in water, it dissolves. You can't see it. Mm-hmm. And you can't, really can't taste it. But it's there. And your body can't absorb it. Can't break it down. But your bacteria can ferment it and digest it. And it actually helps grow good, healthy bacteria. Another thing that happened, about 2004, research suddenly stopped on a miracle drug for MS, which was called minocycline, which is a common drug we use for for acne. Oh, okay. And minocycline was extremely effective for treating MS. We didn't know why. Well, a few things. First off, big pharmaceutical companies came and made grants to the hospitals that were studying minocycline and asked them to study their drugs. So they went after the money, of course, because minocycline is a generic drug. There's no money behind it. It's got to be supported by the government to move forward. But minocycline does two things that we know for sure. One thing is it increases the bacterial nicks in your gut, which is healthy, so it increases what we call biodiversity, and secondly, it does pass through into the brain. Wow. So it's not clear why it works, but it works. So we do a few things. We put people on minocycline for about six months. Mm-hmm. We put them on galactoligosaccharide and something called uh, thylakoids, which are from spinach, and both those things increase the bacterial diversity, we increase diversity. We measure their stools for diversity. They're always very poor. We try to get it better. We try to get them to maybe change your diet a little bit more to a healthy diet because we know that people that eat the typical American cafeteria diet are, tend to have bad bacteria in their gut. Mm-hmm. But if people eat whole foods, more plants than meats, get a better gut barrier. Right. We put them on testosterone and estriol for women and testosterone for men. If they're low, which almost always they are. And then we do the stem cells and we see a longer period of, of improvement. People that don't respond very much, it's usually going to be that they responded for a little while and it got worse because they're not following dietary changes. They just don't want right. to do it. But pretty consistently, we've seen improvement. Now, the other thing is that we're using a lot of umbilical stem cells now in something else called exosomes, which simulate stem cells in other parts of the body. But for MS, it seems it's better to use your own, at least for the first treatment, and then potentially use that for more reparative. So with the jury still out on that, I'm, I'm still waiting for literature and, and research to come across. It's sort of in, in flux right now how we're handling that. Uh, the FDA is going to weigh in uh, next October, a year from now, mm-hmm. on how they're going to regulate stem cells. That's going to have an impact. Mm-hmm. You know, they may they may regulate fat-derived stem cells so that we can't do it. And right now we can, but it's going to be something that might change in the future, which would be a, kind of a burden for us because we're knowing that it works pretty well from stem cells. So we're looking at alternatives as well. Right. So for MS patients, there's a few different types of MS. One's called relapsing remitting, and that's where it comes and goes. Those patients, we're typically not using stem cells. We're doing the other things. We're working on, on gut health because mm-hmm. the stem cells are more to alter the immunity, whereas relapsing remitting, it kind of goes away on its own anyways. And if we put them on a healthy diet, do some modification of their hormones where appropriate, you can potentially put them on the minocycline. Good chance they won't ever need to do stem cells. We put them in remission. 
We see the same thing in other autoimmune diseases like rheumatoid arthritis that you know, we treat them once and we continue some lifestyle change. We can maintain remission or some improvement. Then there's something called progressive, primary progressive MS. That's where when they get it, they continuously get worse. That's the most devastating form. And there's a third part where it's a secondary progressive where they started out where it's coming and going, mm-hmm. relapsing and remitting, and then eventually it just starts getting worse and worse and worse. So we're seeing mostly progressive or secondary progressive, relapsing, remitting. I would like to coach more of those, uh, more of those patients. Uh, and I think that we really haven't done a good enough job getting the word. I did write a book on it, but it's not been, you know, we've only gone through a few thousand copies. So it's something really, as a company, we need to bring more awareness to how we can manage MS with really, I mean, if you think about the MS is the second most expensive disease to get oh. after heart failure. Okay. Right. And of course, insurance paying for it, but the burden is enormous. The cheapest MS drug for a disease modifying, it's called disease modifying, they don't cure it, is 60000 a year. Oh, it's my been around since 1960. Right. Okay. So this is a big moneymaker uh, for drug companies, and uh, there's not any research into non drug therapy. So what's happening is that the neurologists and people who treat MS get a little bit biased because they're getting detailed by drug manufacturers that have massive budgets to promote their drugs. And there's been books written on treating neurologic conditions with lifestyle changes, but there's a tendency in healthcare to stick with drugs because we're really in healthcare really more focused on managing disease versus curing it. Because that's really, I mean, I hate to say that that's where the money is. So that's kind of one of the missions of our practice is change that, change that discussion and that mindset. Right. So I love talking about MS. We'll, we'll kind of do an update as some more research comes out in the future. Thank you very much. That, thank you very much, Dr. Moak. And uh, join us next time. We'll be talking about more to do with stem cells. Thanks for listening to Inside the Cure with Dr. Charles Moak. See you next time.